0: uh, Welcome to the inaugural edition of The Meeting. Today uh, we're going to meet Greg Johnson. I'm Kevin. This is Jason. I'm a butcher. He's a hunter. This guy happens to be a chef. Um, We all met each other in the South Wedge when I had a business right next to Greg's business. We had a nice little kind of neighborly, can I borrow a a cup of flour? Can you have a dozen eggs? Kind of relationship that kind of was a a fun thing to be around for the the seven years that we were open. Greg's still uh, rocking around and kicking, but... uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us, uh, I don't know, where the hell you come from. Oof. Uh, in short, I uh, grew up in Florida,
1: Southwest. Uh, moved to New York when I was 18. started in restaurants when I was 15, busboy, short order cook, etc. And then restaurants in uh, New York when I was 18. Uh, did some traveling, went to CIA, went back down the river, spent... Think 13 years in New York as a chef and then moved my family up to Rochester where my wife uh, grew up in Greece and we had had enough of the rat race down there so we wanted to try something else and open our own place fast forward I think we've been there nine or ten years and holy shit and here we are bam here yeah
2: we are yeah kind of crazy to think it's been that long already that like that was ten years ago when I think we first met probably ten years ago with bond when you were working at what was Trada yeah yeah and then uh, say that too loud well <laughs> 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 we all have our um, dark, dark secrets no I I mean you know I think it's uh it's kind of crazy to like put a time stamp on things like how far things have gone in ten years you know hundred percent so, to
1: think that uh, the cub room's been
0: open seven and a half years is that's a long time. So, all right. So, so we've been over seven and a half years. What's the, tell us about the food, right? Cause, uh, Jason and I, one of the things that we kind of want to talk about here. And one of the things that we're going to kind of focus on. And one of the things that you and I are going to do here, uh, in a minute is we're going to cook over fire. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your philosophy on food. Uh, well, the, the, the food at the cub room is very
1: lame, lamely described as, uh, Seasonal American cuisine, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, It's basically just my career, food that I've touched, cooked, experienced, places that I've experienced, and it's all
0: in my head. So whatever comes out is what it is. Um, That's the scariest shit I've ever heard. He said it's all in his head. Yeah. I've been around to hear some of the shit that goes around in his head.
2: Imagine that guy's attic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs)
0: Nightmares on a plate sometimes. No, no, but seriously, like, uh, so... So you guys do you do tapas on Thursdays. I know you, you you have a lot of passion for seafood, you have a lot of passion for for pasta. Uh, those are two spots where you put a lot of time and energy into. So like, you know, what are the, what are the, the uh, and and you use the word sexy and love a lot in, in a lot of the sort of like the advertisements and marketing and the way that you describe your own food and Jody describes the food. So, so like talk to us, like what, what is that? Well, I think that, I mean, that's
1: my relationship with food. And, and, and with my menu is, you know, you can use those terms because it, it it is driven from, from within, from, you know, from myself. So it's an extension of myself. And that's what I put on the plate. Um, and that's just, the, that's just how I cook. It's the only way I know how to cook. Right. Um, and that makes it difficult. Um, there's highs and lows, and, you know, it's exhausting um, to kind of live that way. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, I put it out there, and it's personal. And if you don't like it don't
2: give a shit I know it's good I'll tell you that um, from my past life handling lots and lots of restaurants and like, being around lots and lots of folks we started off Rocky you you threatened my life in a bar uh, when we first met <laughs> and I was like um, I've never been more intimidated by how tall are you five foot four nine <laughs> <laughs> never been more intimidated by by uh, like you know Avon was like this guy chef, like, badass, like, wait till you meet him. And then he's like, oh, you work for that company? I hate your guts. Get away from me. Don't ever step foot in my restaurant. <laughs> and then I think it was, like, a year, year and a half later, I timidly tiptoed in, because Jody is a saint. Of course. And was like, oh, he's just a bit of a bear. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and uh, I'm very glad that uh, I walked in that restaurant. Because, I, I mean, like, you guys are family. I freaking, yeah. like, every... Every occasion that we have that's, like, I'm going away, like, it's a kid's birthday party, like, anything like that, it's, like, we're going to cover them. Sure. And I'm not, what's tough about that is, like, for me to explain that level of service to see Greg, like, giddy, because he's, I think we're going to use your terms, we're going to hurt you with food. Yeah. Right? Which is, like, the way he puts it on the table. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I didn't order that, or this didn't, like, but, like, you know you're going to eat something that's going to be magnificent. Right. And... Beyond that, I'll tell you the last time I was in there was when I got home. Initially, I was straight up fried. Like, didn't want to be hustle and bustle. Didn't want to have like um, the grandeur of a dinner. But like, that's what I said I wanted to do beforehand. And I'm like that eternal um, optimist, like extrovert, like yeah. let's do it. And then when it's that day of, I'm like, fuck, what is <laughs> that? What am I want to get myself into? And then it's sitting around a loud table, like with you know extended family and stuff like that wouldn't really i'd love to have it be intimate and it's funny that the intimacy comes from you guys like and then i leave that experience recharged like i was ready to go back like after that because what you did with food on that table i'm like i, I think i started cooking chanterelles two days later when you did that cha- that black uh, trumpet chanterelle mm-hmm. i was like i love chanterelles and then you know found myself wherever i was at and you know
0: but that's a cool spot where like the two of you kind of like coincide as well, right? Because yeah. you've started on top of the hunting and fishing that you do, you've gotten into some foraging and yeah, yeah. and going out and foraging for mushrooms yeah. and how to spot them and where to look for them and, yeah. and all of that. And, you know, obviously you're working with some foragers to try to get some of that product into your, you know, into your restaurant. Yeah. So it's it like that's a cool spot, right? Because like, you know, there's... There's sexy food and then there's 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 camp food, right? Yeah, and yeah. there and, and, and that doesn't mean the camp food can't be sexy, right? And especially when you're gonna use great ingredients, when you're gonna when yeah. you're gonna go out and know how to not just hunt the animal, but look for some some produce and some things that are out there available as what well. What I think
2: I have access to that a lot of folks don't have access to is like uh unfettered amount of wild game. Mm. Like constant wild game, like you know, just harvested whitetail, just harvested mule deer, like that moose that the guy shot in Utah, he's like, like, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, can I have this tenderloin? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, is it good? And like, w- that's what you're running into, is that, like, you think, like, all hunters, the way I grew up hunting was, like, you didn't waste a piece of that yeah. sure. animal, which was how you honored the animal. That is not the case across the board, and I need to probably stop holding that against those guys because they just came from a different place, you know? Right, right. But at the same time, like, it is neat to be able to, like, see this, you know, whatever billionaire, you know, guy from wherever that goes all over the world and kills animals for his... You know, wall, mm-hmm. where you could feed him something and then change his mind. Like that guy, you know, had killed a guy who
0: thought he had had the full experience. And he and had. And then you give him and something, like, and he goes, "Oh shit!" He's like, yeah.
2: "He's like, uh, I'm flying out in the morning, like 6 a.m. i I was like, I'll be up at five, and I'm going to cook you a bang and breakfast with with that moose tenderloin." Yep. And this guy, you know, harvested, harvests, dumb word killed a lot of animals like that, and never really ate it. And he's yep. like, "I think I'm gonna." change, like I don't think I'm just going to give the stuff away, like he's donating it and it's going to like, you know, families yeah, around becomes, the area and stuff like right. that. It's
1: personal when you you know, put things in your
2: body. It's, sure. It's bonkers to me that there's so many of those folks that don't know the end result of that stuff. Like for me, you know, killing an animal, I'm like I'm so excited, it's my old man and me, like my old man's like, back straps and sausage, like I'm going to do this and this and that. I'm going to make corn hams, I'm going to do this and this and I think that's uh sucks that a lot of people don't know that, you know.
0: But like you know, I, I grew up around here, so it just you know, I just down the Erie Canal a little bit yeah. right, so I mean this this whole topography and, and lay of the land is very, very similar to where I grew up, right? So I knew hunters and there were hunters all around me and uh, friends of mine that would, you know, go hunt and so there was venison always all around and whatnot too and I was of the mind that it wasn't delicious when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. And I also had, like, a, hilariously, for what I do, I had a really weak stomach. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. deal with blood and gore or anything. So, like, yeah. when we dissected frogs in sixth grade, I, you know, I lost my lunch. Uh, so, when I did my first field slaughter, and you talked about it being personal, and <laughs> the first time I held organs in my hand that were still, like, warm from yeah. life, yeah. I, I was like, oh, shit, this is important. Yeah. Like... I got to do, we got to, we got to do something with this. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, that one of the, he might've even been there when you were there because you and I went to CIA a decade apart. Uh, Hans Sebald was this, uh, is, is still alive. He's a, a, a German, you know, Austrian butcher and, you know, hands that are like the size of your torso, yeah. gentle, nice guy. I, he taught us how to do slaughters and he would always kinda have it wasn't like it wasn't religious, but it was solemn.
3: Yeah.
0: And he would always kinda say something yeah. to like the assembled yeah. group before yeah. he would do it. And it was always, you know, riffs on the same idea, but it was always just like look, we're we're gonna take this life, or we're gonna honor this life, by trying to use everything that we possibly can.
2: What, what an amazing thing! Because I, I feel like that's the problem with the antis out there. It's like, oh, they're all just bloodthirsty killers. Where well, I'm, that's the furthest thing sure. right. in the world for me. Like I, I wounded a deer this year, and I'm still a mess about it. Like I <laughs> yeah. hate it, I hate it. I was like, I'm embarrassed, I'm shamed. Like yep. I did some things I said I wouldn't do. Like they put a, they put a, uh, it was for the show that I was working with. Yep. They put a bow in my hand that I wasn't used to. They put you know, a camera right here which I wasn't used to. I did so. You know, I, my integrity, should have said I don't feel comfortable shooting this bow. Maybe I shouldn't be on camera. Like I don't feel comfortable. But I, my ego was like, oh, I want to. I want to do this. Sure. And then, what happened was I shot and wounded a deer terribly, and it's been. It's haunts me. And, and what it does, if I look at it correctly, it makes me go back harder to the to the range. Right. Like I'm shooting now. Like normally I'm hanging my bow up for the year, I'm like, I'll dig it around. But August, there's a lesson there, right? Oh, yeah, huge lesson. Yeah. But there's a
0: lesson, and it's, the lesson isn't necessarily kind of what you've just been talking about, which is, you know, uh, uh, making the animal suffer like that, which is, which is sure. obviously affecting yeah. you, yeah. but to me, the lesson is, like, confidence with equipment that isn't yours, right? Oh,
2: sure, yeah, the, the, I think, like, it came down to my personal integrity, Sure. To say, like, you know, for my whole hunting career i said i wouldn't do a couple things and the minute that there's like this grandeur of like oh we're gonna put your camera and like this is gonna happen i'll be and, like, famous and right and then i get in a tree stand and like freaking wound a deer now i gotta go back and like explain to the people that are like you know sure amazing folks
3: now the
0: the, the interesting part about that is so as a cook as a chef your your mentality is kind of like I can figure out how to do anything, I'll MacGyver anything anywhere at any time, yeah. right? Yeah. And so let's say that that's the that's the case, right? Let's say you got to go, you got to go out in the wild. All right, you're gonna you're gonna go with Jason on a hunt, and you're gonna cook out in the wild. What are the the pieces of equipment? that you have to have with you, like the things that are required for you to be able to get that job done in, in an environment that you're not used to? Um, <clears throat>
1: At least one good knife. Yep. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you need more than that. It's I mean, my house, knives. If, if it's sharp though, you don't, you know, knives are basically toys, you know, you collect them, but they're just have one purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a cast iron pan and butter wouldn't hurt. Yeah. There
3: you go. <laughs> got to have fat of some kind, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, but butter is a great one. Yeah. The Immediate
2: answer in my head to that was knives. Knives, yeah. knives, knives. Well, you got
0: to cut. You got to cut. You got to have a surface, Yeah. right? And then, like he said, nice. if, if whether it's, if you're going to say three is the limit, right? Yeah. Is it going to be a? Is it going to be a fat? Is it going to be an aromatic? So right? I'm like, getting
2: into a lot of the, the salt. field survival salt. stuff, where knife is like when you're talking like you hopefully you have a way to light a fire yeah right because when it comes down to it, it's fire and knives right like i need a fire to cook yeah and i need a knife to cut things yep. up because i can make a tripod and hang a hindquarter <clears throat> over this and just start you know it's, <laughs> it's trying to be dynamite but i can cook sure you yeah. know and wow. will keep us alive that was the that's a cool thing about that winter strong is like um it's like rich soren said if these are the 150 guys i'm an airplane crash with in the andes these are the guys that are gonna keep me alive yeah and uh that's, that's
0: that yeah your yeah. your uh your survival bucket list group right right, right, right. right that makes right, sense right. this
2: guy can start a fire anywhere this guy can hunt anywhere this guy can catch fish anywhere i yeah. love that you guys are starting to fold into my journey like you you know you fishing with us this year was super fun you guys both fishing my goal yeah. is to i know like i would love to get a bow in your hands and get you out in the woods to to kill something because yep. I, I I can't wait to go like fishing around here is becoming so we live I'm not sure if you guys are aware like we live in like one of the best fishing play, parts of the country right right yeah. here finger Lakes here Lake Ontario here you can go from Lake Erie which is like some of the best walleye fishing in the country drive eight hours to Montauk now you're fishing you know deep sea um, yeah and uh, it's pretty pretty badass That's But awesome. to come back here next well in a few months to fit like one of the highlights of the summertime is going to be fishing with you guys
1: yeah i can't wait even it's even as a growing up i never did any of that my friends I, i mean i grew up on on the gulf and some of my friends grew up to be professional fishermen and i just i never it was just boring as hell yeah i never got into it my my parents my dad wasn't into it and even hunting like so i've gone fishing a few times and um starting to appreciate it. Obviously I love fish, um,
2: it's
1: really easy when people just bring it to you. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, and then hunting, like, I don't even know if I could go out and kill something. Like I'll cook the shit out of it, but I, but I don't know if that's, it's never been a part of my life. And, um, I've always had, I've just never had the urge or I'll go out in the woods and hang out. Right. But I don't know if I could actually kill something, and that's—I mean—it's kind of weird to say, as a chef. I it's weird I'll, to say. I'll process all of it and enjoy it and make it taste good. I feel like um, it's never part of my culture, though. For, right.
2: And I—I I think that's always the—the the hardest. So I—I I, there's things I want to get into, fly fishing, for, for like I've never fly fish before. I have like all these amazing folks around me. That are like, you gotta fly fish. You gotta fly fish. Right. And my, like, my hindrance, like. A, I know that I can't just tiptoe in anything. It's going to cost me $5,000 right <laughs> away. And B, like, um, no. you just don't even know where to start. Right. It's like, from my old world, like walking into a craft beer shop. It's like, sure. how's a beer drinker, Bud Light like guy, we'll, like, walk in and be like, look at these 500 different IPAs. Which one am I like? You don't know. Yep. So, and that over choice is lack of selection. Like, back away. I'm like, I don't, I just, you know what? Yeah. I'm comfortable over here, but I, I think, like, as a man like that wants to be able to provide stuff Mm -hmm. like it's it's a good skill to be able to
0: have sure and like i mean that's obviously that you just said the one where you want to provide like that's not in your lexicon right like you're not thinking i got to go out and provide food for my family by going out and hunting a deer right Right. and that's that's a that's an interesting mentality to kind of like have and i would i would rather have a hunter have that mentality than i just want to hang a horn
2: Oh, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, and I think that's, um you know, get a Pell. And that was the the culture I did grow up in. You know, poor guys from Dansville that, you know, put venison was free. Sure. You know, venison cost you 25 cents, which was the cost of a bullet, you right. know, and that's how those guys yeah fed themselves. And then the flip side of it, my mom's side of it, we're all farmers. Mm-hmm. And the first venison steak I ever had from, like, my Mom's dad, my grandfather, mm-hmm. was well done and covered in mustard. You'll get sick. <laughs> You'll get sick if you don't. So all, great. It, and it's Covered in mustard. Oh, yeah. I, I was know. like, just, ah, I mean, my, my French mustard. is yellow. I ate the whole thing just to make my grandfather proud, but yep. it was terrible. Sure. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, but right. I also knew right away that you didn't want to waste that.
0: So it's, uh, so if you fast forward to, like, me cooking in New York City, right? And I worked with this one French Canadian chef and he grew up on a farm outside of Montreal. And so he would make these these meat pies, right? These tortillas. And he and you know, the stuff that he would make it with was, you know, comfy chicken and smoked brisket and you know, awesome stuff. And or or what the, the general public would think of as more acceptable, generally uh, enjoyable, right? And uh, He would tell us when he was making them, they would go out on Thanksgiving and they would set, uh, like, small game traps for, you know, squirrels and pigeons and squab and little things, right? And they would just catch little things and they would process them all right there at the farm. And that's what they would make their meat pies with for the holiday. And I was like, you know, like, that's a cool way to grow. Like, what a cool thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's an experience. Right? Uh, And that's, you know, and it's so foreign from the way that a lot of us grow up at all. Yeah. Right? And and that was one of the reasons that I wanted to be a butcher was just, you know, I grew up with a family that didn't do anything but microwave shit.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And that was unacceptable to me. Uh, and we would go to like friends' houses that were Italian and that how that was such a huge part of their culture. And, right. you know, yeah. just food everywhere right. and they're just I made this, you got to try it. And I made, and, and like that was that was like that was love to me. That was awesome. I yeah. was like, "Uh oh. Why was I born uh, a poor Irishman? <laughs> Somebody passed me a potato. But uh, you
2: know, it's like, so I grew up and I was like, man, I gotta learn how to cook. So, you know. What are you excited about for this time of year to eat? Yeah. Um,
1: nothing really, it's the dead zone, man. Vegetables are just like, ugh. It's, uh, you know, beets and root vegetables. Chanterelles are actually still around. It's interesting that the time of the year, now doesn't matter as much as it used to. Yeah. As everything around the us and the environment is changing. Yeah. I saw I, I remember s- I remember, you know, things just didn't exist right. from this time of year to this time of year and everything is creeping over into each other and yeah. it's really odd. But um, then it's just the FedEx of the world, right? Like well, it's I mean, it's, it's
0: five o'clock somewhere. I, I right? think yeah, it's yeah. I
1: think it's more the weather and more you know, like that's the climates and the and the changes in that is what's really affecting it. Um, Nerve I And mean, yeah, you can get anything at any time, which is nice when you live up here, because mm-hmm. um, we don't have the access of the markets like down in New York. But things are just bleeding over, and it,
2: it's interesting to see. I should have brought you some of that perch we caught because I feel like that's going to change the way I'm living my winter life. Yeah. That it, it is it's a nightmare out there mm-hmm. it was like 20 degrees yeah it's not the kind of fishing that was like oh this is awesome they call yeah. it meat hauls because you're going after sure big jumbo Quantity. perch. right and yeah. you're going to catch 50 a person and you're going to come back it took me uh two and a half hours to do all those fish yep. that we did yesterday um with your help um but uh i'll tell you what last night having fresh fish was pretty banging yeah. Like yeah, fresh man. fish from these lakes was pretty pretty awesome I and mean, then you did that tempura thing. Was it was like, great. And I went a little step further with it. You know,
0: because the fillets are super thin, oh, right? Yeah. And they're gonna yeah. cook super fast. Yeah.
2: So I get, I you could
0: be super delicate with the bat I mean, like. I, I know you're you're dealing with ocean fish. Oh, so we ran. Uh, my brother-in-law. Um, got me perch.
1: What was it last spring? Yeah. Yeah. We, I was doing a fish and chips with it. Nice. They're so good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. He, he always just a nice mild always, uh, white fish, right? Yeah. And I mean it's. Fried is just the way to go. I'm sorry, but it's just, like, that shit's perfect for fried.
2: The only thing I think I would have done different with the stuff I did last night is mm-hmm. I left the fillets whole. I think I would have uh, made them more to strips. Gotcha. More surface area with the batter. And gotcha. And faster cooking. And higher temperature on the oil. I think I, like, 350 was just, like, took a little bit longer. The fish was cooked inside. Inside a little The batter much. got right. it crisped up. But everybody loved it. Like I said, those did fish are so thin. I went him. I didn't go fishing um, with them.
0: I was, so we, uh. My son had ski practice yesterday, so we're at Bristol. And, I, I you know, I wasn't going to ski yesterday. Conditions weren't great. My uh, my injury wasn't really all that great. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the day off, try to do something smart, go against the grain, you know, uh, so everybody else was skiing. And I was like, Jason, what are you up to? He goes, I'm going to start cleaning some fish. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, um, I'm not really asking. I'm on the way. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. I couldn't have been any happier. <laughs> so That's
2: cool. Porter, who will be on eventually he yeah went with you right yeah yeah he's a picture he's awesome kid man. yeah he's great Is this stuff working out good for you
1: um yeah i'm done all i got's a couple uh pork butts left the chops were gone i really like them
0: yeah it's very I, ridiculous
1: i love
2: that kid he's uh
0: he was giddy he's
1: Hilarious. into it man
2: I, Dude, I, I, he's I like i like
0: the look on his face when he starts talking about it he's yeah. a so.
2: renaissance he's like like what well, he's doing that farm what well, he's doing he's like hey don't throw any of those fish carcasses I was like, I was, like, was going to toss him across the street because it's fun to watch the birds. <laughs> sure. He goes, no, 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 my pigs need them. My, I'll you know my pigs. It's going to be awesome. You should come over and watch them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he told me March. Yeah, um, I'll get more. I'll get some more. Yeah, but um, that was, you know, there's that kid, duck hunter, farmer. He's out there living it. Whitetail hunter, fisherman. He is living it, living it. Yeah. not too many, tw- you know, now that I'm the mid 40s, there's not too many... Mid 20 year old kids, I can like stomach for very long, and he has got to like even bottom me a little bit.
0: Uh, you could tell he's not your, your conventional 20 year old. We're,
2: <laughs> we're, um, he was supposed to show up to help cut up fish, yeah. And uh, he was like, I'm gonna, I'll be there at like nine. I gotta, I just gotta change the thermostat in my truck real quick. And <laughs> I'm not that guy at all, I'm not a mechanic at all, right. but it sounds like pretty in depth. Like, oh, yeah, it's like, it'll like, just take you a couple hours. Will it? <laughs> and kind of figured, he texted me at like 11, he goes, I'm, I'll, I'll be down a little bit to cut fish. I'm like, bro, I'm going to watch the Bills game. Yeah. And like, I'll be back after that. And if you want to do something, because we call it all those huge pickerel. Yep. That are amazing, firm white fish, predator fish yep. that I don't know how to clean. Because they're super, they have that big Y-bone You were them. saying, yeah. And, uh, it's a Y-bone. It's like, um, just how the filet, like how those animals are so much longer. They don't have that small rib cage up front that like kind of. Protects the organs. Mm-hmm. their rib cage kind of goes through all the way through the fish, which a lot of guys throw them back because they're bony. But if you fillet them right, you get some big chunks of white fish. Right. Off Basically, them. it and sounds
0: right. to me, it's it's like there's a like a central line, and then there's an upper and a lower on either side.
2: Yeah, it looks like a Y. You pull it out, it looks like Cupid Lake. That's looks, interesting. Yeah. So I've never seen them. So you fillet. But I don't know how to do it. in Porter's like, because I was like, oh, I've ate them and I've done them before. Sure. And, like, they're not worth it to me to screw around with because I'm not that good at it. But I'll do it right. And Porter's like, I'll show you. And there's never been a 27-year-old kid where I'm like, yes, you will show me that. (laughs) I'd like to see it. But he called no-showed yesterday. And Kevin's like, I'm in the area. I'm like, I don't know too many guys better with a knife. So he
0: he did the, uh, at one point, he he goes, man, I'm I'm obviously not very good at this part of the job. Because it was a production line. Right? Yeah. So he was getting filet off of carcass and skinning okay. filet. And he was giving them to me to take off rib cage. Right? Well, I'm kind of handy with a knife. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah, and right.
0: so he was expecting to bury me, the classic kitchen game, right? Like bury next guy in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually said something. He was like, he goes, well, I'm obviously not very good at this because uh, you're waiting for me. And I was like,
2: <laughs> my father-in-law. Goddamn right. <laughs> my father-in-law is a... Uh, Small water pan fish fisherman. Like he will fully, when I bought that electric fillet knife, should have got the ex- more expensive one. <laughs> that thing was 150 bucks. He goes, You're only gonna be able to do like 10,000 fish with that. I'm <laughs> like, buddy, if I do ten thousand fish with this, like I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. But he's up there on the Adirondacks and he you know, yeah. has a medical nice sales rep enough. and he just fishes every day to fill his cooler. Right, you know, but um yeah, he uh he will bury me. Like, but he's so fast at that thing, so smooth with sure. it. He's zip, zip, and I'm like he's holding it up like that Heathcliff bone. There's nothing left yeah. on it, and there's just a pile of fillets in front of me, and I'm going as fast as I can to try not to cut myself.
0: Yep, yep. Practice but, makes perfect. That
1: yeah. no, was Whoa.
2: good. Yeah, you're pretty good. It was, good. Good.
0: Yeah. It was yeah. fun. And they were delicious, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: That, I, I knew
0: it. I was going to be okay because I, uh, I put the bag of the fillets in the, the trunk and uh, went back to Bristol. The funny part was I got back to Bristol... Pulled in, parked the van, started walking in, and my wife was with my daughter skiing, and my son was at practice, and as I'm walking up, I see my wife putting their skis away, and I walked in right behind her. If I didn't tell her I was gone, she wouldn't have even gone. Really?
2: Yeah. She was like
0: the perfect time.
2: You're not going to trick her. No, I told (laughs) her.
0: As soon as we got home, and she was just like, how did you smuggle fish home? And I was like, aha, (laughs) you'll eat these because you
2: didn't smell them. That's right. Did she eat them? Yeah. Did she like them? She liked them. Sweet. There's yeah. like a couple, kids ate them. They liked them. It couple, was great. A Couple million more on Kewgra Lake we can go catch. Yeah, man. We probably caught 250 fish. yes But you're catching your, you know, your sort, your, they call it, um, what is it called? Uh, you're vetting them as you go along. You're, sure. You're um, calling them as you go along, like this one, throwing it back. Too so right. long. Like, right. This size eater fish or better, and you know. I think there's 81 of those in there That's great. Yeah, at one point we we're like just catching you know probably good eaters but like let's toss it back toss it back
0: well let's quit fooling around though. let's cook something um so i just brought some top sirloins out um i loved the top sirloin when we were open these aren't dry age ones but these are definitely from uh youngman farms from an animal we got from them right towards the end top sirloin just gets such a bad rap i mean From a like you put a a top sterling on your menu for a long, long time.
1: uh, Five years or something before we went local, actually. Love that noise.
0: Yeah. Did you season those first, or no? I season them on.
2: Yeah, it's not the way I would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) You're called. You're a butcher for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a. What's the guy's name in Italy that won't season his stuff?
0: Is it so Dario? Dario.
2: Yeah.
0: Dario is, like, he was, like, the first guy, right? Yeah. He, he was, like, the first guy in. And he's got such a personality. He's so gregarious. He's, like, so out yeah. there. He's just so, like, almost cartoon that it's, uh... I mean, how, how could you not want to be around the guy? Uh, but, like... Italian beef is so, so, they, and it's not a breed thing, it is, it is just a historical way that they, they grass feed their animals there, right? So, like, I was thinking about this, actually, too, you living in Italy, New York, and, and uh, having Naples right there and the whole thing, and I was trying to think about, like, Italians settling in the area and kind of, like, seeing uh, uh, rolling hills that reminded them of home yeah. country and whatnot yep. and that must have been what it was but like they they just don't they don't intensively feed an animal they don't rotate rotate yep. an animal around to constantly give it fresh grass yep. as far as I know. And so, therefore, they don't get, uh, like, a marbling score on their animals. Yeah, you can see it, like, in those
2: steaks on the chef's table, I think it was. You, like, there's not a lot yeah. of and, Yeah, and
0: they, they also, uh, because they don't age them uh, for a, 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 an amount of time, too, you get a little loosey-goosey on that back fat. Yeah. It doesn't have a chance to kind of firm up a little bit. Yeah. But the other thing that they do in Italy, which is kind of cool, and I'm, I'm really dying to see when it kind of, like, takes hold here, is... They get really, I mean, when they talk about aged beef, they're talking about it as how old the animal is, right. not how oh, long you aged the steak. Yeah. I know
2: that.
3: So,
0: like, it's a big thing. So, like, you go all over Europe, and, you know, they're talking about a, a seven-year-old animal, nine-year-old animal. Yeah. And, you know, in the United States, you know, people would go, what are you, like, what do you mean? Because in the United States, our animal, like for beef Right here Our animal would be probably a maximum Of You know, a a year to a year And a half In in a a commodity standpoint They're filling, you know They're they're just feeding it full of corn Corn, a super high energy food That's going to give it fat and marbling, right But an animal that's not intended to eat corn So they're feeding it a bunch of preemptive antibiotics So that it doesn't get sick while it's doing it you know, nobody's really doing the the, uh, uh, the you know steroid thing anymore. Growth hormone, you, you might see a little bit around, uh, but you know, for the most part, you know, those animals they just they just stand around. They're fed full of corn and they're killed really young. And then yeah. you go to Italy and there's an animal that's been on its feet for they're seven years, way back. walking the hills, back. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that thing's yeah. been, you know, it's a CrossFit athlete for sure. That, was, in, sake. that yeah. was when
1: I was in Spain. That's we ate some cow that was older, and that's that's how on the menu, you know, that's on the menu. That's what they talk about. The uh, uh, I forget the name of it, of course, but
2: um, it's a category on the menu. You know and if it's just really old, basically, wow, you with that point, right? Like when they're just because
0: it doesn't even have the same color, it yeah, pretty right? <laughs> mean, it's pretty yeah, beefy. I mean, yeah, it goes, it, it kind of goes so. In the way that, like, some of our beef when we got it in, it wouldn't have like the rosy pinkish red, yeah, it yeah. would be almost magenta purpley, yeah, because of, of the intenseness of uh, you know, the the feed and the the life that it lived, the motion and the, the extra blood flow through the muscle, and so yeah, on yeah. and so forth. So then you, you just extrapolate that further down, right? I mean, it's and it's the same thing with, like, a pig, right? So you get a, a big old, you know, birthing sow yeah. that's 600, 700 pounds when your typical pig that you bring to market might be 230,
3: yeah.
0: you know? And so th- what are you going to do with that? The muscle is going to be way too big. It's going to be super floppy. Fat's going to be weird, but it's great for sausage.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it's – so, like, you know, you – you see some farms around here doing stuff with, you know, and I and I love it, like Seven Bridges, right? Like, so Seven Bridges does, um, they kinda like, their first thing, that their claim to fame was using um, a dairy breed for beef. Because yeah. otherwise, veal is in this country is just a byproduct of the dairy industry, right?
3: The you only boy, kill boy.
0: the animal early, because yeah. you don't wanna pay to
3: right, <laughs> feed right, it, right? right.
0: right? Yeah. So they were doing something cool by, instead of killing these animals young, raising them as beef. Their their farm is gorgeous. They do a great job, right? And then then they were bringing them to market. Now, the muscle is a little bit different, right? You end up with something that's a little bit more oval or or rectangle as opposed to square or circle. That's just inherent with the breed, but still beef. And so it's the same thing with this stuff. But the older an animal gets, right? The more action and, and work the muscle gets, the more flavor it's going to have. So a seven-year-old
2: beef is going to taste
0: super, super
2: bold and yeah. heavy. Yeah. Deep, deep, rich flavor. Um, speaking of Dario, like, we're pretty pretty lucky to have, like, a guy similar to him in Gunther Swan that's still alive and kicking around, you know? Like, speaking of sausage, he's definitely dropping off a whole bunch of venison this week uh, to there to make up, uh, probably, like, 200 pounds of venison yeah. sausage. Yeah. Which is, uh, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy making it myself. But I'm just, uh, I'm not. It's time and, like, I'm never going to be as good as those guys. Ever. No matter how, if I spent the next 20 years of my life. It's not true. I feel like,
0: uh. Sausage is a, uh, I hate to say it because I'm really good at making sausage. Yeah. Um. But sausage is, like, one of the more entry-level skills that you can have.
2: I feel like it's, um...
0: <sighs> if you're only going to do it once a year, it's hard to develop those well, skills. Like,
2: we've been doing it Time. once a year for 20 years, you know? Right. I, and I'll... I'll, And I hand that to, like, a buddy or whatever, and they're like, this is really good. And I'm like, mm, yeah, the I didn't pack it the right way, or, like, actually didn't get mixed the right way, or whatever. Like, I noticed all those failures that, like... You know, Swan doesn't have. Yeah, like, of they're just not missing. You know, but again, like, it's
1: just it's it's having the time to to invest into it, and yeah. you'll you'll eventually you'll get the results. But you know, you're gallivanting across the country. Got to gallivant. <laughs> chasing wild animals.
2: Got to gallivant. Um, they, it's like you; they just end up where I'm at. So like. I'm not chasing. Mitch. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're all. But I like the kitchen. I like
1: the image of you running around in the woods, <laughs> chasing the wild yeah.
2: animals. So it's been a been a lot of fun. That's for sure. I can't. I was like super stressed coming home before Christmas and like, because I can't relax. Like I can't just like my anxiety is like, what's next? What's next? Yeah, what's yeah. next? How we're we gonna go? What's next? What's next? And um, so you know, the fanfare of Christmas settled in, and then two days after that. New York State opened up its hunting season again, which is awesome. So now I can hunt. Yeah,
1: that's new, isn't it? Yeah,
2: it's a fairly a fairly new thing, but it's all, it's like one of the best things New York State's done in a long time. It's like letting, because everybody's home for the holidays, it's letting families hunt together again, oh, which cool. is super cool. Um, does pop did population have anything to do with that? As oh, well? I'm sure. I'm sure. Population yeah. and your your yeah. yeah, it's all. They're trying to. I'm sure. Like when I was talking to Porter the other day about it, and he's like. um yeah, it's got a lot to do with the auto insurance business because how many cars are getting hit? Like how many oh, cars yeah, are yeah, hit? Yeah. So they're trying to like lower the whitetail population in New York State. But neither here nor there, I got full on like six days hunted as hard as I could. Um, loved it, and then uh, Monday, last Monday, a week ago, like now what do I do? And have been like going absolutely insane, insane. Without doing anything. Yeah, I
1: don't have that problem. Yeah. I'm very good at relaxing.
2: Do you, uh, you won't have that problem on vacation? No. You uh, can just no. sit around on vacation and not, like, I have to have an activity. No. Like, and that my activity can't be like, well, let's go to the park and, like, let's go to the museum. It's gotta be like, like my,
1: we're, my life is an activity and when I can stop it, I really enjoy stopping. I'm so it. jealous. Boom. How about that? <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like, of that. It's,
0: it's nonstop. Yeah, you know. Well, it's because like let's add on to because the 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 owning your business part is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you guys. Are- but then you're a dad of two teenage girls. Yeah. Talk to me about because like I have a a six year old girl. How much trouble am I in? <laughs> Oh man. Like, give lot, me, lot. like, we've there's only, we've got, we've got, we've got, there's sunlight here for another four key, hours. <laughs> so, like, give me some crash course the, here, the man. The
1: T word is drama. There's uh-huh. just a lot of drama. And, you know, they got to go through it. My older one went through it. Now she's going to be 15 in April and she's kind of on the other side to where she's mature enough to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but my little one is. Uh, just she's a beast, there. but, you know, there's a lot of drama. And kids, you know, the stuff they deal with at school is
2: not what we used to deal with.
1: No, it's scary. Um, and I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and I, our, our way to deal with it is just communication and, like, real communication. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and, and having that
0: trust with your kids that they can tell you stuff. How's
1: that
3: doing
0: with you, for you as a, I mean, not for nothing, you're kind of a burly, manly dude. How's that, how is that with two girls? Like, what's, what's what's the, how's that change been for you as they've gotten older? I mean, because that, that, when they're, there's a big difference between six and 16, yeah?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know, I always, I, I think I always treated them as adults. <laughs> yeah when I was, that's yeah. kind of how I raised them sure um so now it's just uh it's it's easier I mean we, we you know we relate to each other very a lot easier yeah um but you know it's it, every kid's different every house is different Yeah. it's a crazy world right now yeah it is definitely that man just... oh that's good chat. Oh, man, there's a little salt there, chef. Mm. <laughs> That's
2: pretty damn good. Eating food outside by a fire.
1: We had a table ask for uh, salt on Saturday night. Everyone just gets so confused. They're like, how, how could you possibly want to put more salt on the food than he already does? I love that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, me and salt have a very
2: healthy relationship. Sure. I like um, learning about how, you know, I'm fairly new to all this stuff still, but like learning fine salt timing, flake salt timing, like seasoning, order of seasoning. Like, I've seen that make a big yeah. difference with what I'm cooking. Yep.
1: One of the but. best stories was um, open up a place in um, on 55th Street. My first sous chef got a got, uh, job as the executive to open it. So he hired me as executive sous. And we you know, obviously think we're big shit, right? We're only using sea salt. The way it should be, blah, blah, blah. That lasts about three days. <laughs> because salinity level is just like off the charts and we were seasoning like we always did with kosher yeah, yeah, salt yeah. and just yeah. everyone was like, this is terrible, <laughs> this is terrible, yeah. this is terrible. Yeah. And we're like, all right, screw the sea salt. <laughs> Get the kosher salt back. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different animal.
0: Well, then we had the kosher salt fucking crisis of uh, 2020. I was buying black market kosher salt.
2: What? Oh yeah. Did won- you not hear about that? No.
0: Another COVID thing.
2: I almost, I think I got
0: you. There was a, there was a. Little blood on your ripped jeans. Oh, oh that's perfect. all right. Just don't get it on the sneakers. Dude, kitchen. get the kicks. They, uh, there was a, there was the salt crisis. There was the, the, the ketchup crisis. That's still, ketchup uh, crisis. still going on. The too. ketchup crisis is still to, ongoing? Certain
1: pack sizes and everything. It's wild. The salt thing really freaked me out though. Cause that'll screw up your entire. Everything. Yeah. That's, that's religious. Like your relationship. With salt, everything's based off of it, and yeah, I was, I, I think I bought like ten cases of one bite salt coming out my ass just because.
2: Can't you just go to Syracuse? I mean, is Syracuse like Salt City?
0: Yeah. Well, how about this? The south side of Canada will Lake has a Cargill factory in it. It's a salt factory. Yeah. And we couldn't get salt here in Rochester. That's bonkers. Uh, so it was. It was. I mean, I, I was buying. When we were open, I bought like four cases of salt a week. Mm-hmm. You know, we were curing so much stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we were it just. Not to mention, you know, there was so much fat and stuff everywhere. We used a lot of salt just as like a pre-cleaning agent, yeah. just to soak up fats on right. the floor.
2: I used so much salt, my cast irons. To yeah. Clean them. yeah. Like anything, any of my cast irons, at the end of the day, I'm like, just dumb. I'm like, this is so much salt. But like, that's how. Food sucks without it. Yeah, food it's amazing. Sucks it
0: those steaks are great.
2: Yeah, those are mm. awesome.
0: Youngman Farm, Sean Youngman. Really doing it out there, man.
2: Where's he at? Syracuse?
0: They're out in Wolcott. Wolcott.
2: Yep. Yeah, Wolcott. A... Wolcott. Uh, They're uh, right where we were fishing. Not yeah. too far away from where we were fishing.
0: Oh, yeah. Just uh, oh. so, like, we passed it on the way to get to Soda. All right. Basically.
2: That fishing trip, he said that was one of the best trips he ever done. He goes not for fishing, yeah, yeah. but because ah, like, the level of guy yeah. there. He goes so that's actually turning into it's going to turn into a chunk of my business. Sure. So he wants to do that. So, so I'm going to. There's a whole world that you guys probably don't know about. That's like these sportsmen conventions that start happening now. It's like where you're selling in uh, guides and, and um, fishing trips and all that stuff. So sure. the guides will go to like Harrisburg. It's one of the biggest in the country. So Harrisburg's in February. He's okay. with, um, Matt Williams like. Can you, I want you to come, be in the booth with me, sell yourself in, because I've had so many people ask about like the chef's charters, like to like go out and like, you know, just uh, build snacks for the char charter, yeah, yeah. And then like at the end of the day, like have the so he's he bought he bought a house in Sodus, okay. So now he's gonna have a built-in like outdoor kitchen. That's
0: great. And that's then cool like intention built, that's the way to do it. Hundred
2: percent, and like to sell that in is a difference because they're always trying to figure out everybody is. You know their own How do I push this further? How do I make more money off this? Sure. And uh, you know, a couple hundred extra bucks a day, like really moves the line for him. Well, that
0: that's all. But that's that is, that, and that's not a side hustle or a different thing. That's an added service the to extension. what he already does. Yeah. Right. right. Like well, you're it, ex- expanding an experience. It also so goes back brilliant.
1: to the moose tenderloin of you know a lot of people go fishing and you know well, they don't they, they don't know picture, what, they don't know what to right.
0: do with it. You, know, you had like, three restaurant owners and a, and a hunter and a fisher sitting around going, you want to take the fish? We got two fish. You want to yeah. take the fish? <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, when, he, you... when he goes to fillet it, and I was like,
1: what are you doing? Don't do that to my fish. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, he's like, well, I'm going to fillet him up. I'm like, nah, you don't have to do that. He goes, well, it's part of the deal. I'm like,
2: no, nope, nope. I'm good. Did You you guys had that for a family dinner?
1: One for family, and then I took one because um, <laughs> McBain, McBain quickly – um, got kicked out of the house with his fish. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember that. His story. girlfriend was like, "Nope, yeah. get it out. Me? I'm not touching that thing." I I don't know if it was a, a fish he, thing. He, I, he called me first. He was like, "Mate, can you take <laughs> it?" And I was that's like, "No, nope.
2: it's a big red flag." I
1: don't know if it's a fish thing or if it's a lake thing or if it was a combination of both. I mean, people are scared of the lake.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And, she said and the it, lake. She was like, "I'm not eating anything. And his kids oh. and his kids didn't want anything to do with it. So he, you know, I guess I was second, which. You know, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so I actually <laughs> I took, I took it home, and the day I was going to cook it, my daughter had like three, two friends over. It was like after school or something. So I like fed everybody. They yeah, freaking devoured it. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait to go. Next yeah, year. I can't wait either. I, I did um, with my brother. He's got like a 13 foot, pretty much a death trap uh, boat. Yeah, out on scary. Uh, off the Cape. Yeah. And um, we went with my dad in September. So it was right two weeks after that trip. And um, we got bluefish, black bass. Oh, nice. Turns out those are illegal.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like sh- all kinds of rules and regulations. Sh- yeah. <laughs> like, we yeah. don't know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if yeah. you don't know, you're not right, breaking no. any law. Yeah, that's not true at all. They'll arrest <laughs> you. <laughs> no, that's but,
1: uh, <laughs> <nope>. I got <laughs> my story. I'm going to stand by
3: it.
0: And I'll ask for forgiveness. But yeah. we
1: went home that night and just. Ate way too much fish, but I did crudo with the bass and made tartare with the bluefish. The bluefish oh was the best. It's so good. Bluefish yeah. is the best, and you know, there's so many people that won't. Yeah. Cause it's, oily it's oily and fatty. Yeah, that's why it tastes so good. Like,
2: that's lake trout at home. Like, lake tr- there's a whole culture at, in, like, where I live that lake trout are trash fish. And you I can't, like, me, wrap my head around it. Because, yeah. like, they're fun as hell to get. Wait till you guys come do that with Porter and I this summer. Like, they are. Every we're out there, I think three or four times a week. Yep. We'll catch five or six of them. A pe- they have to be twenty-two to twenty-six inches. That's now what that I, is
1: that Lake Ontario or Right. That, that's Kandagwa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll eat the shit out. Of and there, And no, like there's Canada, no,
2: there's clean. nothing. The Cananda- 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 is like one of the cleanest lakes around. Yep. So we're catching, we'll catch thirty of them, but we're keeping twenty-two to twenty-six inches, and I can keep six because that's what I can fit on my smoker. Yeah. Yeah. And they are. It's like the best. Yeah. Freaking, like, how does anybody? And it's because it's traditional mistakes. It's like somebody's grandfather, right? Or someone's great grandfather, uh, seventy-five years ago, had one, cooked it terrible. And like that is a trash fish, and we don't so, need
1: it. So the so you know that him building that kitchen and then having adding that on, I mean that you can change, you know, you change the way people think about things, and that's, you know, that's valuable.
2: That's kind of I feel like that's what we're doing. It's with hard this. as
1: shit. And sometimes but, you gotta abuse them to get it done, but I mean, I you think
2: it's—I think people are. Um, what I found is that uh, with the right approach, folks are pretty open to doing stuff. You know, like I've seen it where, you know, I have a good friend that's like a coffee snob, and he's a total dick in his delivery. Like, they're never gonna drink your coffee because right. a, it's super inefficient how you're making it, and b, like. Your delivery is terrible. Like watching people drink it and like watching their face turn, like, and you laughing about it is not going to get that person on your side. <laughs> like, let, there has to be a bit of tact involved yeah. in your delivery. And I think that's where, like, you know, putting that lake trout in front of one of those guys' faces yeah. that's been down there for 40 years and I'm like, that's lake trout. Yeah. Well, I think
0: too, a lot of times you gotta, you almost have to trick them into it, right? It, it was like when. I'm careful about tricking. But but to me is. When we would have we not made it a full year as a business yeah. had I not done that first beer a uh, real beer expo yeah. on Gregory and handed out corn beef heart. Oh, God, that was so weird. Now, if I told people I was going to feed them beef heart, yeah. nobody would have taken it. Right. Yeah. But it, it, when people were lining up and going, oh, this is delicious, can I have seconds, thirds, fifths, tenths, whatever? Yeah. And then I go, oh, yeah, by the way, you're eating beef heart. And they go, really yeah and then you know
2: yeah so you're not really lying to them no no
0: you're just not you're you're it's you're letting beef. them you're letting them have yeah. their experience and yeah. make their decision and yeah. then kind of informing them. you gotta find ways to weasel in sure. i feel
2: you know? like that's uh that story well, it's it, you know it's,
0: it's it's the same thing you, you, you put the the kid's pill in a in a gumdrop so that they eat it right, right. Or whatever it is right yeah. you know
2: i think i have a you know my whole life until this one guy changed it with deer heart was like pickled or baked it's freaking sure. gross it gets that irony thing to it and uh i'm out hunting and i shoot a small buck and the guy's like gonna keep your heart it's like no he goes this will be a last week giveaway uh, so now he's challenging me i'm like "Bullshit, dude yep I'm like he's like well come on up let's go up and he hands me it was great because like the whole experience was awesome i killed this deer on his property he pulls out a jenny light out of his pocket cracks it and all of, this, all of a sudden his big red nose started making a lot of sense i'm like oh this guy this guy's been a bit of a drunk. so now like the him challenging me to like try something and then like the hospitality aspect of it like he brought me in yeah. like cut up this pepper and like showed me how to dissect this deer heart properly which wasn't a hard thing at all you're just removing the fat and the ventricles from it and yep. then and then uh, bisecting it, and as so as it all comes out like a big flank. And yep. then ding, 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 yeah. ding. And then cooking the peppers, and onions, ninety percent of the way, throwing them in the heart the last like minute or two just to get the, 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 the a little bit of the sear on it. And then putting that with eggs. I'm like, this is deer heart. And he goes, You're going to give away any more of these? I'm like, <laughs> No. And that was the last one I gave away. And that story, anytime I'm with anybody, that I'm like, You're going to keep your deer heart? Like that story perpetuates. Right. Cause that, and now that guy, like all my, now all my buddies, I can't find a deer heart. <laughs> like used to be like, oh, you want your heart, six so right. well. in my freezer. I'm not doing anything with it. Or, or they're just left out there for. That's
0: the, that's the dangerous part of all knowledge, right? You hear every, like the, 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 the worst thing to be in any industry right now is a gatekeeper, right? Where you're protecting knowledge and not sharing shit, right? Yeah, like yeah. everybody says that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And everybody wants to share and be open, but. God damn it. If I give you all my secrets.
2: Oh, well, yeah. well, But I think, I those think secrets everyone are can stop too. sharing so much. You think so? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. I think like you're saying like oversharing like emotionally, like you don't want to well, hear about all my it. problems, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think like that's um, part of the reason I'm having like this little blip because I'm not like whatever I do, no, I'm free with it. You know like right. Archery, deer hunting, fishing, any of that stuff, like to the point like where my father in law is like to the point where he wants to blindfold me, taking me to his crappy fishing spots in the Adirondacks. He's like, What are you doing that picture? Where are you going to put that? We're going to post that. Like, make sure those houses aren't back there. Oh, those houses are back there. They're going to see it. And this is our hole. Next thing you know, you're going to show up here and they're not going to be any crappy. Because you did that to us. <laughs> yeah. and, like, there's thousands of these things in the, and it's like a trip up here. It's not like an easy thing, right. you know, but I'm a fan of like showing it. I see both sides of it.
0: Because you really
2: you're putting it in their court
0: to like, do stuff. I I see both sides of it. I've been yeah. burned by teaching somebody something and them coming back and, and either being in direct competition yeah. or uh, taking food off of my plate. And I've felt the satisfaction and the pride of teaching somebody something and yeah. watching them go out and make something of it too. Yeah. I think the difference really kind of comes down to... Uh, I guess your your own peace with it and uh, where you're at in your own skill level and, and where you're at with your relationship with that person, right? Because yeah. like, the people who I feel burned by, I don't have a relationship with. Yeah, yeah. The people who I feel good about, I'm so close to. Yeah, I feel right? like it's so that freaking
2: Bronx tale. What would it cost you to get that guy out of your life? 20 bucks? Right. I, uh, I've always looked at my job as,
1: as a teacher first and then the rest after that, I don't give a shit. I'll teach you everything. I mean, that if if you can if you can walk out the door and do it better, you know, good for you. Uh, there's so many obstacles in 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 my business that yeah, you know you me teaching a... you how to cook something is the easiest thing yeah, you're going to have building the arena. I just you're going to have to deal with sure like, yeah, sure. That's the easy part. It's yeah. the rest of it that that really will show. If you got it or not. And uh, I've always, like, I've always been a teacher. And yeah. I got, I, I love it. I mean, that's why, that's probably why I still do what I do. Um, it's just gotten harder for people to work <laughs> And and work um, to get the rewards out of it. But, you know, I never, I never had that. that that's never been a thing for me. I don't give a shit. I loved. Uh, I got the information to give it away.
0: I love Dan. His post on like I think it was New Year's Day, which who? Seasonal pantry. Oh, I didn't see it. Well, he you're not you're not on social media. He was clearly uh, feeling some kind of way about somebody not showing up for a gig, (laughs) and there was a picture of uh, the the classic uh, the old school kitchen move of the knives frozen in the hotel pan full of water, so the the hotel pan ice block with their knives in it, and it just said. Uh, a chef, uh, if you call yourself a chef, at least show up for your shift. You're fired. Come get your knives whenever you want. Jesus and I just... I, 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 and, like, we've all been there. We've all had that yeah, anger, yeah. right? Yeah.
3: That's great, dude. <laughs> I, I didn't I know just,
0: about that. I just commented one thing. I just wrote, savage, right? I didn't know that was a thing. I'm like, good on you I've for doing it. Good on you for posting it. Let's see how it fucking pans out in the end, but...
2: <laughs> yeah. there's That's... uh. There, I don't think there's more of a ruthless place in the kitchen like when it's like like you, you But it doesn't need to be. But, but I think like it is everybody's like as long as everybody's doing their job to the level they need to do it. You know the like the like there's no Yeah,
1: but the but the reality is that's never the case. I mean in any working environment there's no one's ever I, no one's ever putting in 110% every day right, all the time right. and and there's always there's always down downfall or um, there's always you know stuff happens because of that. But at the end of the day,
0: that, you're still you're still only able to operate at not your highest common denominator, but lowest. at your lowest common right. denominator. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's like the coaching and teaching has to be there just to be able to operate at a level that you feel good about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So being in a military kitchen, never seen anything like it. Right. You know, then going like working at Perkins was insane Yep. you know and then working at Jimmy Max in that kitchen was like oh they just ordered another one pound burger We're fucked like because <laughs> it took up the whole grill <laughs> like like those kitchens like there was no if you showed up late you're a piece of shit if you weren't working like oh, as yeah. hard as you needed to work you're a piece of shit like and what they asked you like was you wouldn't ask that of anybody like the, I remember working a 19 hour shift at Perkins like because right. somebody didn't show up like this isn't you know Sunday morning to like close like at Perkins was like one of the worst things
0: to me when a kitchen works the best when it went like when a kitchen my best uh, my best experiences in a kitchen I'll I'll phrase it as have been when it operated like the best locker room that I ever was in right Mm -hmm. where everything was pretty well self-policed right you, you weren't going to step out of line because somebody was going to check you, yeah, yeah. right? It didn't have to be team captain. It didn't have to right. be coach. It was going to be the guy with the locker right next to you it was right. going to check you, right. right? And so everybody kept in line because... Everybody was keeping each other in line, right? And when you, everybody was going to get some shit, but that was just the tough love part of it. And like, if you weren't getting shit, that's when you didn't belong. Oh, right, right, right. Right. When they got quiet. On and, you. and and, yeah. and you I, that that, yeah. Yeah. that whole like that that brotherhood of like we're in it together, right? Yeah. Like, like I I remember uh, in a football practice when I was a kid, uh, I was very I was very slow. I was I, I I could catch, I could block, I could do all the other stuff, but I was very slow. And we would get in trouble at practice because I would be the last guy to to make it through at a sprint. Well, get a couple receivers and D backs that would literally just push me, and all I had to do was not fall over,
2: right? right, right. right? That's
0: all I had to do—just <laughs> not fall over. And like that—that's teamwork, right? And yep. like at some point, the best experiences that I've had in a kitchen were exactly that too, where Absolutely. you know the there's there's a there's a guy who is as much a part of your team as any. And you got to get to that line together. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter if you get there oh. before him. Yeah, oh, that, you that all was, lose. At that, that was point. a big
2: thing in the in the military when we were doing any kind of training. That the, you know, one of the faster guys crossed the line for that, and just standing there like out of breath, sure. and like every higher ranking soldier would be like, "Fuck, you doing, man? Right. Go help those guys." Like it was, it wasn't the time to take a break. Yeah. that like you cross the line first. It was how the team crossed. The line. Sure. But learned a lot from that stuff. So. But you
1: know being in a professional kitchen for 20 good God, 25 years yeah like that's insane. you know that started in like new york professional yeah. like to see what it was and what it is now and it's you know i've changed i'm not the same and all that but i do sometimes i wonder if it's better if it is better now or was it better then i don't know it was definitely harder um it wasn't for the faint of heart but i don't some days I think we gain stuff by, by this softer environment, and some days I, I think we're just kidding ourselves yeah. and wasting time. But, you know, even in seven years since the cub room, I don't run the kitchen the same way. I can't right. run the kitchen the same way, which is a whole nother. Like that sucks. Yeah. You know, um, was I, was I wrong back then? I, I, I would say no because right. the 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 product and the the environment, you know, it was chaos, but those guys performed at a level that they didn't know they could on a day in and day out basis. And to me, there's value in that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, Um, i
1: And I think, you know, with the way of the world, we're dumbing so much shit down that there's gonna be losses, you know? There's gonna be lack of progress. There's gonna be all these side effects that- Yeah, it's that
2: that old adage. Like, hard times, you know, create hard yeah. men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. Hard times create hard men. That circle. I know what you're talking
1: about. I don't know if you just nailed that. I or nailed it. If that was I'm getting <laughs> hard just thinking <laughs> about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like
2: we're, hard we're, a lot. We're, we're, we went through soft times now. There's a bunch of soft men. Yeah. You know, um, that's, I think, our responsibility to either, like, kick dirt on those guys or freaking lend them a hand up you know and you got to take their bullshit along with it so
1: well they got to grab your hand if you give it to them right
2: 100 (laughs) percent yeah that's uh there's a kid in our camp now he's 19 years old he must probably 400 pounds like six foot four six foot five right and like just a soft hearted kid but probably family's pretty religious, you know. Like soft-hearted kid, sure. That like, but he is around the right group of bullies right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Because yep.
2: these guys, like, like we're hard on them. Yeah. But we're hard on them because we see something in them that's going to be awesome, not because we're doing it to be just dick. to be a dick. We had we had this like. And big,
0: there's a big difference there, right?
2: Absolutely. oh 100 this- percent. I my
0: my. my Good intentions heart should mean something still. Yeah,
2: my heart is with that kid, but he does not need me to, like, coddle him. He needs me to be hard yeah. on him. And it's, it was really funny. We were, um, I'm in a lot of these situations where it's, like, you know, uh, CEO, owner of, like, a huge brand, like, you guys have all heard of, like, at a table, and, like, this kid at the same table, where they would never interact, like, normally socially. And um, the one guy had way too many Manhattans and now he's starting to pick on our dude and it's like not okay. Yeah. You know, not okay. and it's like, hey man, maybe it's time to go to bed. And I'm sure that guy who's like the CEO of a gigantic company probably hadn't been talked to like yeah, that people long don't say time. that, shit, right? like but you're in a camp atmosphere where everything's pretty much yeah. like you know what, we're gonna respect the hell out of you and we're gonna work our asses off for you. You're gonna have a really great time. But if you step out of line there, there's nobody in this camp like the one, the one guy goes. Um, I brought him charcuterie and was explaining the stuff on the charcuterie. It was first night, first meeting, the guy and he goes. Right. So you're gonna be our bitch? And I was like, um, Hey, dude, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I don't need this job, and I'll totally get fired, and it's gonna be a really cool story. <laughs> and, uh, and the owner of the property, like who I said this in front of, like full right. on, like letting him know that like this is not okay. He goes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call him a bitch again. <laughs> That's great. And then, yeah, it's, uh, it was funny how that unfolds. Uh, I always said my first thing
1: whenever, you know, obviously there's, I've gotten after people. And I always, the first thing I say is, this isn't personal. Yeah. This is about, this is about a job. This is about a, 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 a procedure. This is about getting better. This is about you doing a task that I need, you know, the way yeah. I want it done, yeah. because I'm the one running, yeah. I put it together, I'm running yeah. the show, like this yeah. is how I want things done. And it's not personal.
0: And I know, you know. You are infinitely better at that part than I ever was, because everything to me is personal, right? Everything, and you know that in just the way that I operated my business and, yeah. the, and seeing the different attitudes and how we went about things. That doesn't mean you don't treat your staff like family it uh, or or have personal relationships with members of your staff it just means that you had a very clear way to have that separate that professional separation where i struggled with that a lot yeah and that's that's yeah, so important that, that thing. has something that yeah it's all, it's
1: it just that was something natural with me um, and it has made my life easier sure you know in in dealing with multiple Personalities sometimes within the same, within your own mind. (laughs) I love it. All right, man.
0: Like, on that, I think we'll call it, yeah?
3: Sure,
0: yeah. Uh, Greg, thanks for coming out, man. You're, you're, you're like the perfect guinea pig for something like this. Episode one, knock some rust off. Somebody that we were used to talking to, somebody that, like, is is uh is going to have some opinions is going to say some shit at uh, it's
2: good I, yeah and 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 somebody that you know no bullshit I consider family and yeah. respect the shit out of you know like Appreciate when I'm when I'm out in the world and like and talking about like um, you know what influences I've had like you know eating at your restaurant like and like being uh, you know in your kitchen and like you know I can't think of a Either one of you guys, like better folks like that I know I could call at any time too. Be like, hey, but like what would you do this? Or like how would you do this? Like, that's that's worth it. Like when we're when I'm with that pro walleye fisherman and like we're talking about breaking down this deer, I'm like, yep. let me call Kevin and FaceTime him and like showing him the and the Pick Hang it up, it up phone, right away. And hang up the phone and like the guy's like, That's a pretty good Club in the bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 that's pretty amazing. So I feel pretty blessed to have you guys in my life. Yeah, man. That
0: was all about, yeah, bro. I'm
2: glad I met you guys in the stride I'm in to not. I mean, you guys have seen me in my worst. I don't think I can get much worse than I was. So, same. I mean, onward and upward, you know? Same. So, Greg,
0: appreciate you, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks, appreciate all right. it. Go to the cub room. Get some goddamn dinner and cocktails, people.